Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. We are SC. We are SC. We are Welcome to Five Things. Uh, after UCLA beats USC 62 to 33, I'm not going to say that again. Um, but uh, this is Eric McKinney joined by Mark Culkin and, and Greg Katz. And, and guys, look. Again, not going to go over the score again. Let's jump right into it. And, and Greg, we'll start with you. As always, our, our first thing post-game review. Uh, first thing is your player of the game. Uh, again, from a, a lopsided UCLA win against USC. Well, I think that, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I didn't really see anybody on the SC side. Maybe uh, Keontae Ingram until he got hurt in the third quarter with the rib injury. I thought he was really demonstrating he was really at the top of his game. But if we're going to look at it from a total game atmosphere, I, I guess uh, Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson separated himself, uh, although I guess you could have given it to Casimir Allen or uh, you know Zach uh, Charbonneau. I mean, take your pick. But I guess uh, D- DTR was really the one that uh, did the damage. And I, too, shall not uh, give the final score out. Uh, because I know that there's women and children possibly watching. I don't want to cause a problem. Mark, go ahead. Your player of the game from this one. Yeah, we don't need to, as quickly as you said, the score was as fast as the Coliseum took it down off the scoreboard when the game ended. I mean, (laughs) it was gone within five minutes, Greg. I've never seen that before. (laughs) (laughs) You mean that won't won't be sold as a Christmas gift next year? (laughs) No, it was gone. Stats, everything, gone. Uh, my player of the game, you know, you mentioned Keontae Ingram. I'm going to go with Vavai. 
uh, Malapii, you know, three touchdowns, granted, you know, 10 carries, 50 yards, 49 yards, whatever it was. Um, it was just, you could see how much passion and how much effort he played with throughout the game. Uh, and not to take anything away from Ingram because he, he played a tremendous game as well. But just to, to see Vivai be able to go out his last game against UCLA, um, to, to play like that, to get those touchdowns, to be, you know, one of the, I guess, the bright spots on offense this week. So that's my player of the game. Yeah, and I'll, I'll stick with a, a UCL, a, a USC player too. And, and Gary Bryant Jr., uh, wide receiver, nine catches, 161 yards, a touchdown, career high for, for him and in receiving yards. And, and USC has needed somebody to step up with Drake London out. And, and this is not, you know, the, we're not pushing for a, a playoff spot or anything this year talking about that, but they need a guy next year. They, they need a guy, you know, going forward, you know, w- without Drake London. And this was kind of the first step that you saw a guy who's going to be on the team next year take that step and, and kind of assert himself and, and do that and watching him hook up with Jackson Dart. And, and yeah, maybe there's some glimpse that, okay, th- this could be the start of, you know, next season's passing attack. I know there's still, still two games left, but they had to find a guy that, that was going to step up a little bit. And, and it felt like, yeah, maybe if they had given – Gary, a few more chances earlier in the game and, and let him stretch it and, and toss it out to him and, and let him go get it uh, out there earlier. It, it could have maybe been different. I think ultimately that final score is, is probably what it ends up being no matter what happens uh, early in the game. But but I thought a, a good game from uh, Gary Bryant Jr. I, I like, I'm with you, Mark. I really like watching Vivai. It's, it's fun to watch him when he, when he gets a, a chance. And this is a guy whose role has diminished kind of as the year goes along and Keontae Ingram asserts himself and Darwin Barlow kind of gets in there as that number two, but always fun to watch him run against UCLA seems to kind of save his best for the Bruins and for him to get in for three touchdowns. Again, not going to mention the score on the other side of it, but three touchdowns for by was a a nice thing um, for him specifically. So player of the game in in the bag, our second thing, the play of the game, Mark, go ahead and, and go with your play of the game in this one. Yeah, this is the one where I think you have to kind of lean to the other side of the street. Um, that kickoff return from UCLA, I, I think, just deflated whatever type of enthusiasm, momentum USC had, it was gone. And from that point forward, you could just see the team just kind of deflate and the final scoreboard reflected it. Greg, go ahead, your play of the game. Well, I, I, I agree with Mark uh, 200%. I thought it just let the air out of the bag. I, I was really um, disappointed in the coverage, uh, but UCLA blocked it well. You know, I, I watched it, and they you have to give credit. Uh, but you would think at that moment uh, of the game that everyone would be making sure that they are, uh, you know, in their lanes, not going to be blocked, and they let it get blocked. And that was certainly whatever last guess USC had to really apply the pressure to UCLA, went right out of the peristyle end and uh, onto the freeway. It was it, it was uh, kind of mortifying, actually. I was I literally started clapping and laughing up, upstairs, and I had to stop myself because I was that embarrassed. You guys know I, I love cheating on this kind of stuff, so I'm I'm not going to pick one play. I'm I'm going to go with a few, and and ultimately it's USC gets the two early interceptions and scores zero points off of it, and and from that point you knew 
you knew USC was in trouble because UCLA eventually was going to find their footing against this USC defense and the points were going to come at some point. The fact that USC wasn't up 14 nothing or or you know 17 nothing early after getting those two things immediate red flag. US, UCLA forces the the punt after the second one. They march down and score a touchdown. They're up seven to three, and you just thought, well, there, there it goes. I mean, UCLA is not going to turn the ball over six times in this game. SC's not going to get chance after chance after chance. And, and so when those two got squandered early, it felt like that there's the game. And, and this is going to be a, a major uphill climb for USC the rest of it. So again, I'm, I'm not picking one play of the game, although I do agree with you guys, that kickoff return. Because it did feel, when, when USC scored the touchdown there, it felt like, okay, SC was down 28-10 last year, and they, they came back and won that game. 28-10 again this year, although it maybe felt a little bit different. But uh, that was one of those things where, where that comes back down the other way, and, and it felt like, okay, that, that kind of does it for here. Um, Greg, let, let's go to our third thing, and, and this was your what you anticipated seeing, what you expected seeing for this one, and, and it delivered. Well, I tell you, uh, of, of all the games that uh, we've watched, this was the most expected of what I expected. I knew that USC's defense was, I don't know if the word is horrible, uh, tragic, uh, looked uncoached, um, but uh, I knew they wouldn't stop UCLA's uh, offense either on the ground, uh, maybe in the air, but then again, you've had to take into account how poor the secondary has been in the last several weeks. And uh, you know what? Uh, you just kind of sat there and, uh, you know, I, I hate to, like crazy to sit there and say, uh, be like Mark Culkin, which I think is an insult to myself. But, you know, the bottom, the bottom line is uh, Mark is absolutely correct about starting to laugh and applaud. It was so absurd to watch what UCLA was doing on offense. Uh, the missed tackle, it was everything we've seen for all the last couple of months. And, you know, was it surprising? No, it was what you expected. And taking what you said, Eric, you know, a little bit of sugar at the beginning of the game with the two interceptions, you know, by uh, DTR, you thought maybe they, you know, maybe it's going to be, but you said, could they do this for four quarters? And obviously UCLA's offense proved, no, you're not going to do it for four quarters. And it exposed every single blemish that that USC defense has had. And, uh, uh, what can I say? You know, there was no uh, expect the unexpected. No, it was expect the expected. So that's my read on it. Mark, your your anticipated thing that, that came true. Yeah, uh, two things. Um, and you kind of touched on it earlier, Gary Bryant having a big game. Um, the other thing that I anticipated, and it's, you know, it's not something I'm proud of, but I you kind of knew when you're when you're starting a freshman quarterback that you're going to get mistakes. But I anticipated, you know, Jackson having a couple of mistakes and I'm referring to those interceptions. So yeah, it happened. Yeah. The second one was tough. Cause again, USC is kind of coming back and that's one where he throws it and kind of immediately tucks to the ground and, and is kind of hitting Spotted. his helmet a little bit knew, knew that had him maybe early through it late. That's double coverage and, and something where, you know, again, maybe, maybe you don't see that from him next year or, or as a junior down the road, but, but definitely felt like a, one of those freshman uh, mistakes there. My, my, 
you had to anticipate that UCLA was going to run the ball and and they finished with 260 yards on the ground. That, that's kind of the, the spot where I had between, you know, 250 and, and 300. Certainly the, the guess was if they got things going, that that's where they could end up. And, and that's what it was. And it wasn't, you know, early, they kind of chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And then when USC is forced to play, you know, they're, they're playing three guys, four guys up front on that defensive line. The depth is just not there for USC this year up front and in the linebackers right now. And it, it is, that was tough for the, for those guys, the USC defense is going to get kind of crushed as we go through and look back and, and see how they did. But those guys up front, that that is a tough task to play as much as they're being asked to play against this kind of offense. I just don't know how you expect those guys to succeed when, when again, that's what they're being asked to do. So again, that that's what we thought coming into it. And, and that's certainly what UCLA delivered. Uh, Mark, I, you know, Greg just got done finished, <laughs> just finished saying there were no surprises, but we're going to go to our fourth thing. And that is the surprise uh, from this one. Maybe, maybe your unexpected thing from this one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 21.8 21.8 yards per completion. Figure out which quarterback was doing that. And these weren't, you know, it's not like he was carving up USC. These were just blown assignments on defense. I mean, USC's defense actually, I hate to say they did a decent job, but when you when you look at the plays, the, the big play touchdowns, that's what they were. I mean, I, we mentioned it during the, the when we did our show early in the week, right? Um, you know, stop the run, make DTR beat you through the air. You saw what happened when he's under pressure, two interceptions. But then when USC's defense gets loose and you've got your wide receivers running behind your cornerback with no safety help, you're going to get 21.8 yards per completion and a final score that read what it read. Greg, go ahead. You're, you're surprised from this one. Well, my surprise is more anger, and I will tell you, this is this is a this is a buildup from a previous game. Look, you know what? Whether they won, I, I don't want to say the score, but had it been into the seventies, how's that for avoiding it? I was really angry, not as a commentator or a columnist, but as a coach. I was incredibly incensed the last two minutes when Dart's still in the game. I thought it was the most malpractice of coaching. And I'm a coach, you know, there's kind of a mafia thing. Don't say much about other, but other people in their coaching, but it was so blatant for the second time to me, it would be like going past a policeman twice and running a red light and saying, I could get away with this. They can't get away with this. Dante Williams, Graham Harrell uh, are held totally accountable for allowing Jackson Dart, who gave it his best, took a savage beating, I might add. Uh, you know, I don't blame him at all at all for this loss. Uh, you know, he may be a better quarterback for it in the future. I will tell you that. But to have him in in the last two minutes to take a chance. I mean, 
Do I think they're going to win the next two games? No. Uh, do I think they're going to be bowl eligible? Obviously not. Uh, but the point is, if I'm Miller Moss, and I'm Miller Moss's parents, or I'm Miller Moss's head coach in high school, and I'm going, you can't put him in for a series or two just to protect Jackson Dart. There's, there's, you got some explaining to do, dude, dudes. And I just don't get it one bit why he was still in the game, considering he had had knee surgery and he was taking the beating. What would happen if he had actually gotten hurt and couldn't play next week? What were we going to say? I don't know what his injury is. Uh, it's new to me. Uh, I just do what the head trainers tell me to do. Well, you know, I have to say, I know I'm venting a little bit, maybe more than a little bit, but to me, it was a disgrace and I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, I almost feel bad, uh, following up on that, (laughs) but my surprise here, it, it goes more in line with, with Marks, and that's that USC ran 86 plays to UCLA's 66 plays in this one. I mean, I, I anticipated that UCLA would kind of grind it out and grind it down, and, and USC was going to have to do really well with fewer plays against UCLA. UCLA finishes with 9.2 yards per play. USC is down under six. Uh, that to me w- was the surprise that USC w- that UCLA was able to just rip off chunk plays against the USC defense, and and that's not even considering the hundred yard kickoff return. You know that that's in there too. Uh, UCLA was the more explosive team in every aspect, wh- whether it was hitting, whether it was running, whether it was passing, whether it was special teams, all of it. The more explosive team brought more juice. Uh, to the sideline, to the Coliseum, to the field in all aspects. And and that to me was a surprise again, that USC couldn't get up for this game. If, if anything else, what we've seen kind of the last several weeks and, and all that, you, you know, you could have brought something to this one and it feels like the team just can't rally. They can't stop the slide down the mountain that started you know, way back at, at the beginning of the year. And, and Greg, I'm with you too. We, we were watching, you know, Jackson Dart take those plays at the end when, when you could have just let the time run out and, and take a knee and not not get him hit like that. You brought true freshman Brandon Campbell into the game, gave him a couple, uh, couple runs, but I believe there were some passes back there too where now you're asking a, a true freshman running back who hasn't played this season <laughs> to maybe pick somebody up in that situation to not let Jackson dart take those hits and uh i i also thought that was questionable to to leave him in all the way throughout the game and and make him kind of ride that out when you could have just sort of okay that's it or again you get you know miller moss some some time there uh, at the end of this one so i think kind of on the same page with both of you guys there on on the surprises and that'll take us to our fifth thing uh mark we'll we'll go with you on this and and that's the biggest takeaway uh from this one uh, and and you know, we'll say the score again, UCLA 62, USC 33, if that helps tee you up for, for your takeaway. So, yeah, um, my takeaway is this. The players are already admitting that they're playing for next year. So if you're already in that mindset that you're playing, trying to improve for next year, subliminally, you're not playing this year. And you actually will, 
and I know it, it came across the wrong way, but when after the game, Nick Fergro was answering questions from the media, and that was his response. You know, we're playing for next year. And I'm thinking, wow, Greg, you touched on it. And I mentioned this weeks ago. This team has won their last game. Because when you're playing with that kind of mindset, moving forward, you know, the players, they're not, they don't trust the staff because you're not seeing rotations. You know, Drake London is gone. So instead of him getting 10 passes a game, now Gary Bryant's getting 10 passes a game. Nobody else is getting any looks. So nothing's really changed. Nothing's, we're moving forward. This is what you're going to get next week against PYU and then the following week at Cal. So this is who USC is. Yeah, Greg, go ahead. Your biggest takeaway from this one. Well, my biggest takeaway is um, I think Jackson Dart will be a better quarterback for this experience. I mean, he played a full game and a rivalry game. He got uh, hit every which way and up. Uh, he made mistakes, but he bounced back. I like that. Uh, could it help them in the next two games uh, as they try to get the bowl eligible? I think so. Uh, uh, but that's going to be a very heavy lift for him to do that against BYU and Cal. Um, but uh, you know, you can turn, you can find a positive uh, in a you know in a you know dresser drawer full of negatives. Uh, but I thought that, you know, it, it was a good learning experience for Dart. And I think when they get a coach next season, hopefully a defensive-minded coach, uh, he will be better off for it uh, in the long run. Not in the short run, but in the long run. And hopefully we'll see that against BYU next Saturday night. Yeah, my, mine is, you know, this is going back weeks and weeks and weeks. So it's not exactly the takeaway from this one, but but it, it's been for a while that there just there are no answers for this team. And, and whether that's just going all the way back to years and years of recruiting where you are left with with what you have right now on the defensive line, just in terms of depth and, and able bodies and at linebacker, too, again, it's you've got, you know, two, three guys that, that are playing and having to withstand against these rushing attacks that, that are being thrown at it. Uh, the, the takeaway is that, that there is not an answer there. There is not going to be a fix. I think we saw it against Arizona state when things started going, going haywire. We saw it against UCLA when things started going haywire, that there really is nothing to do. I also think there's a, there's a takeaway here talking about Jackson dart where he becomes your USC quarterback, most likely for the rest of this season. And then also going forward uh, into next year too. I also think maybe there's a takeaway we we did not you know we saw Drake Jackson on a snap early early in the game on on a third down but did not see him for huge you know periods of the game Back. and it, and is that the last we've seen of of Drake Jackson is if he's not going to kind of push it and and try to you know get back in and and maybe risk injury uh with with his potential you know jump to the NFL so if you're if you're looking at a, a last two games maybe of this season if you don't have Keaton Slovis, you don't have Drake London, you don't have Drake Jackson, that is not the blueprint that USC had coming into this game. And, and again, that those are all ifs kind of attached with that. But if that happens, it, it really is a bummer to see, you know, maybe three guys kind of end their USC careers uh, in that way. Again, hopeful Drake Jackson, you know, can, can play in those next two games. But uh, again, how we saw him kind of leave the field, uh, really disappointed from this one that that's, Again, one of the takeaways. So, 
and that that's our look. That's our five things look uh, back at UCLA beating USC 62 to 33 in the Coliseum in a game that was uh, described as not fun by, by someone uh, on the way out of there. So uh, we will see everybody back next week uh, after USC hosts BYU. But for tonight, this is Eric McKinney, joined as always by Mark Culkin and Greg Katz. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening to We Are SC. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.